Welcome to season seven of the Making a Marketer podcast with your hosts, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Gretemann Group and Xstand. This show is for all levels of experience, talking marketing, business, and branding with the brightest of minds as our guests. Lots of learning and laughing. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to season seven of the Making a Marketer podcast. I'm Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing, and this is part two of our annual reunion shows. We do a kickoff each new season. Hello again, my friend, Jen Cole. I want to know from you, what's the most surprising part of part one of our kickoff? Oh, wow. (laughs) Going back to part one, why does that seem like it's like days and days ago? (laughs) I think... I don't know. Like I was really enjoy. I don't know what was the most shocking part of it, but I really had a good time like kind of hearing some of the progress, especially like the success of um, one of our guests getting that job that he was about to interview for. That was a lot of fun, but surprises. I just off the top of my head, I'm not sure. That's okay. I sprung that on her folks. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes you overshare and sometimes you just want to mix it up a little, trying to make it a little spicy. Yeah. For me, nothing was terribly surprising, but I'm always delighted by like the progress that our guests have made and how I love revisiting their episodes and then having them answer the one big question, which we did share with our guests in advance. So hopefully everyone is prepared for that. It's kind of a hard talking if you really go with the big one. It's kind of a hard thing, I think, to talk about publicly, but we'll see how vulnerable our guests get. All right. In group one today, actually, let me say, if you're catching us for the first time, we kick off each season by inviting as many guests back from previous season as possible. And this is the first time we've done it live. So we can have our listeners and viewers see the madness firsthand of us bringing people in and out. Uh, Today, we only have four people. So we have two in the first group and two in the second group. And we are just going to briefly revisit their episodes and then ask each person one big hairy question. All right. In group one, we have none other than Julie Raleigh of StreamYard and Jeff C. of Jeff C. does all the things and has an awesome beard. <laughs> I, I like that new title. Yeah. I'm gonna, it won't fit in my lower third, but I'm going to use it. Well, and I will never forget how to spell your name because his little thing that he says, I before E, especially Especially in Jeff C. That's right. Yeah. That's That's so clever. You remember it. Yes. So yeah, if if you ever don't remember, that's hopefully that'll be a little. uh, I thought about dyeing my hair purple because that's how I remember Julie because she has that awesome (laughs) hair. But that would be too much copy in her. So I don't know. Purple could really work in the beard. I don't know. I would look like Guy Fieri kind of just had an explosion or something. I don't think it'd be good. (laughs) So Puddles made an appearance on part one. So I thought I'd show everybody part two. You can see Puddles. um, If you're watching the video, you can see Puddles on a pillow behind Julie. It's uh, StreamYard's mascot. Do you want to tell the funny, funny story real quick about the competitor? 
Uh, podcast movement. So, so we won't name which one. We won't um, name we'll names. that out. But we were at a networking event at Podcast Movement last week. And I see a guy walking up with a shirt on with a duck, a mallard duck that is our mascot. And I'm like, oh my God, that's too cool. And I pull out, you know, puddles on my bag. And I'm like, and his shirt says, what the duck? And so we're like taking a, Megan pulls puddles out of her bag and we take a picture of it with it and everything. And he holds his badge. And as he's holding his badge, I realized that uh, he's a competitor. And he realized that I was a competitor. And all of it kind of clicked that he realized he was wearing our mascot on his shirt. It was not intentional. Um, and it was documented. <laughs> with it, was a, it was a very interesting moment of his face turning very white and flushed as oh, he realized he had that's funny. our mascot, basically. So it oh was uh, it was an amusing moment. So, so funny. Okay, well, on that, we'll start with Julie. Julie was on in January on episode 118, and her show was, not surprisingly, about live streaming your podcast. And so, Julie, give a a brief little bit about yourself, and then let's talk about your episode a little bit. Yeah, so I am the social media manager, community manager, affiliate manager for StreamYard. I handle a lot of hats and wear a lot of things, but I love getting to work, especially with our users of the product um, who are in our community space and really helping them grow and build into either very successful live streamers or podcasters and all of the other avenues that we've added in with StreamYard with recording and webinars and seeing everybody get to grow in their space, whether it's their sole business, whether it's their side hobby. It's really fun getting to help everybody. Yes. Awesome. And we talked about a lot of people would think of StreamYard as a podcast platform, but man, we've been recording on Zoom since since <laughs> from year to year, it can change. But I love that StreamYard is, has positioned itself as a as a podcast platform, not just a live streaming platform, because the, the thing that we keep hearing, I mean, you know, if you've been listening to the show, you know, Video has been hot for like six years. Um, <laughs> like it's not like hot new, but but more and more podcasters are mixing video into what they're doing, and so and seeing value in getting access to a different audience, right? Yeah, it's expanding the audience. It's getting them to where they can get in front of more eyes. The other thing is, is it gives them more avenues of repurposing. So now it is not just a piece of audio that is solely a piece of audio. Now it's a video that you can utilize on your YouTube channel and your Facebook pages and LinkedIn, all those. Now you can take and shorten those down into short form vertical clips to put up onto TikTok, onto Reels, onto Shorts. You can still download your transcript like you did before, put that into a blog, embed your video there and then still have your podcast. So your avenues for repurposing, for taking one single piece of content and maximizing your time out of it is so much greater when you can record it in this format. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And as we heard, my most valuable session of the week at Podcast Movement was Paul Colligan, which if you know Paul, you know, you know, if you know, you know, because he's he's the like the one of the godfathers of in the original podcaster guys. And uh, he talked about YouTube, using YouTube to mm-hmm. to publish your your podcast and how you can send your whole catalog through Headliner, apparently, and they will populate a new YouTube channel for you. So for all the audio with a headliner, you know, like little um, graphical video image too. So yeah. we do this, we're on Facebook and uh, 
and so that I've had that YouTube, you know, I have the this will be like the 58th live that we've done out of 133 episodes, which is, you know, and not half, but you know, that's the goal for me is to to try to do every other one. So awesome. Well, if you have not listened to that one, definitely worth going back to listen to 118. I think Jen has a, a big hairy question for you. A big hairy question. I do. It's pretty loaded too. So we all have our business challenges and you know. It's always a pain in the beginning, but hopefully we always, you know, we bring a positive out of it. We learn something from it. So Julie, what is something, what is a business challenge that you've had since we've had you on the show and how did you overcome that? I think the biggest big business challenge that I've encountered is learning when to let go and when to walk away and not to hold on to something that is no longer serving me, no longer serving my business, my brand in any facet. If it is starting to drag me down, starting to become that negative source in my life, it's knowing that I need to let it go. And change is scary, just terrifying, (laughs) but it is okay. And with every change, every time I've had to walk away from something and move on, the change that's been around the corner has always been better than previous. So it's really having to learn to go, it's okay. That change is not bad. Letting go. It, it is hard, it, it, but it's like, it, it is a really important part of growth for sure. I've done a lot of that over the last few years as well. And I tell you what, it really does help you experience life in a different way when you're just, you know, huh, it's, it's very much like, aha, uh-huh, off yeah. the shoulders, off the brain. I get it. I love it. And I love that you've experienced that. That's great. Yeah, like you a duck, hard, like water, exactly. yeah, like water off a yeah, duck. Like yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're paddling very furiously underwater, but up top, they're just gliding along. So yeah, it, it's that change is scary. And, but when it comes, it's usually the right thing. Yeah. I love that, Julie. That's awesome. Perfect. All right. Mr. Jeff C. I'm at Jen. <laughs> Question. It's all on my turn. It's just the way it is. It's just, it's the luck of the draw. You got Jeff C. <laughs> and then it starts messing up is what happens. So she's going to have me ask the big question, which I'm excited to hear from you, Jeff. I think this will be really cool. It's always good to learn people's challenges and how they overcome. But um, what is a business challenge you've experienced maybe in the last few months, maybe in the last year, but you found a positive and a lesson and you've come out on top? So I'm going to, so I didn't know it was only supposed to be in the last year. So I'm going to go back to like when the beginning, when I started, because it's still going on. So when I first started, it was really hard to find people who are doing what I did like digital marketing was really hard. Like I was in Longview, Texas, which is kind of a smallish town. And I didn't have a lot of people who understood the struggle of like doing a live show or, you know, getting guests for a show or, you know, all the stuff that we do that, you know, we can talk about. And so one of the things that was really hard for me, I I joined BNI, I got in a local business group, but they had no clue. I mean, that was great for me to get to where I could actually start speaking about you know, what my my business was and everything like that. So that was a good thing. But I didn't have that like, hey, how do you get a guest? And have you what happens when your audio quits working or you you're you're you have a bad connection? What do you do on a live show? And so what I was able to do and I continue to do it this day is I found a group and at that time it was other podcasters and we met it was at one of the first social media marketing worlds there this podcast movement had an add-on thing called Podcast San Diego. And there I met Eric Fisher. 
And I didn't have, I had just launched the Manly Pinterest Tips podcast and live show. And we started this mastermind with another guy named Anthony Witt. And we have been doing that every Monday for over five years now. So we oh, wow. meet every time we get together and we, you know, this Monday we couldn't meet together. So we just did it over, over, over Slack, but because we have our own Slack channel that we have in there. So the cool thing is, is that it continues. And that for me has changed my business, changed my outlook, changed the way I do things is having this group of people that I can ask questions of. Like I can go, Hey, Eric, I'm needing uh, to get some new podcast guy, Kawasaki, who I produce a show for. He wants to start doing advertising. Who do I go ask? Like, because Eric knows, because he's been doing podcasting for such a long time. But having that group for me has been just a game changer. And then the people you meet at conferences like Julie and Jen and I work together at Social Media Examiner as well. I mean, all these people that you, once you start going and you keep those relationships going, you have this network that you can draw on. Like, and go, Jen, hey, I'm coming into, you know, Wichita. I don't know, you know, what to do there. What can I take my family? I mean, I have all these people now that I've met like that I can rely on and ask questions. And hopefully they ask me that as well and I can give back. But that has been the thing that has changed probably my business the most and for the better. That's awesome. The power of community, the power of like-minded individuals. I think that's great. I love it. I love it, Jeff. All right, friends. So Jeff, your episode, I was talking about how your episode with Grace, we we basically was a a round table that we did. Yeah, you came on our show and you went on, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. so fun. And so if you want to go back and listen to that show, it is a super fun episode, episode 114, where we were guests on their live show and then the recording ended up being our podcast episodes. First time we've ever done that. So I was asking too, if you had looked at the data, for us, it probably would be more of an anomaly because for you, it was the same old show. Like it, not same old yeah. show, but same thing as you normally do. Yeah, but you song. probably saw this a lot at one of the things they talked about, probably at Podcast Movement. And I'm actually getting ready to do this because I just moved my hosting feed because I want to do more of these podcast swaps because they really do work. Like having, hey, I really enjoy the deal casters on my show. You guys need to check them out. They've got a da 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 da, and have that where I can automatically dynamically add that in to my show. And so I'm going to be experimenting with that because I think it's a great way to grow the show. It also helps out my friends. They help me out grow it. And so I think those things make a big difference because you're getting in front of another audience. I love it for my show because when I get a guest on, they usually share it everywhere. And yeah, when I right. repurpose the thing, when I, cause I, repur- you mentioned repurposing at the beginning, I repurpose right. so much stuff. Like if I have, you know, Julie on my show and, you know, she answers a great question and then I can take that piece and put it everywhere. One, that makes Julie look really good and she's going to share it as well. And two, it helps me get great guests like that they know that I'm going to repurpose their stuff. So I just think it's a win-win all around. For sure. And it's another one of my pleasures to do more of that, do more repurposing, get the word out um, just a little bit more. So I am so happy that I was able to have you on together today. So again, uh, go back and listen to and all the links will be in the show notes. Go back to listen to 114 with Jeff C. and Grace Duffy and then episode 118 with Miss Julie Riley. And as I say, you're welcome to hang out in the studio or you can go on to the live and interact with us. Um, on the other side, which is something totally different that you can't do when you just have a regular podcast, right? So I just want to drive that, drive that home. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. This was wonderful. All right. Now our next two guests, I'm so excited that they're on together. We have Lindsay Bauscher, who is my niece, but she's one of the smartest people I know. And she was on with me. And then one of my previous big bosses, Mr. Dave Bruno. So let's welcome them. Let's start with Lindsay then. Welcome. 
your oh, glasses are so cute. Uh, oh, this is a you. this is a new a new addition to your face. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, nearing that big four zero and <laughs> finding that uh, how, how I could have a niece who's going to be forties. So Lindsay was on in September. So um, coming up on a year, and we talked about traction and growth. Her life and her work life has changed quite a bit since we had that since we had that conversation. Um, it was episode one twelve. Uh, but why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, current so Lindsay. Um, <laughs> current Lindsay. So yeah, I am Lindsay Bowser. I am currently the VP of Client Relations at Web Markets, which is a digital marketing agency. We also put out a publication, kind of a multimedia platform called Totally. Boise, here in the Boise area about just kind of all things going on around town. And yeah, so I am here. But yes, when I was on with Megan before, I was the president of Tribute Media. And um, that agency has sold. And I am not part of that transition. So I found myself looking for a new agency to join. And I did take a couple months off, had a little summer of Lindsay, and that was nice. But yes, I um, have found a new home here at Web Markets. Excellent. I'm happy that you landed. Um, and I knew you would quickly. <laughs> so Lindsay had a not a similar experience, but we, we talked about this in my episode with Dave. I was laid off from we worked together and he was the one that had to tell me. So different, a little bit different scenario, but still interesting that he is the one who's here on the show with Lindsay at the same time. Okay. So Lindsay, let's talk a little bit about your episode though. So the, what is traction and are you are you doing this at your new? Yeah. So it's really interesting. So first of all, my apologies to any like traction implementers who listened to my episode and cringed all the way through like I did while I continued to confuse the word integrator and implementer, which are two very different uh, things. I knew what I was talking about, but it was not coming across that way. So, you know, I am not by any means attraction implementer that is a person who you can pay to help you transform your company and get them you know get you all on board with um, running traction EOS but I am working with a company now that is you know hasn't necessarily brought traction on but they're all familiar with the concept they've read the book they're interested in taking it that direction so it's been exciting to kind of go through this thing that I have done before and you know go through those motions and and growing pains again with another agency and you know let them know that there's hope on the other side because I've been there I've seen it and so we're really you know starting to implement different parts of traction in our business as well I don't have quite a clear you know I'm definitely not the visionary in this agency like I was in my last one but, you know, I'm helping anyway. And, you know, another thing I just wanted to share because this is really cool and everyone I've told thinks this is just like the best idea ever. So hopefully someone can use this. But part of traction is implementing what's called a vision traction organizer. It's, you know, big picture. What are your 10-year goals, your three-year picture, your one-year plan? What are your values? What are your What's your mission? All of that. Well, my husband and I sat down and did that together for our relationship and our life and our marriage. And it was actually a really useful exercise. And so I recommend taking that to your personal life as well as your professional life because it's made a really big difference and got us really clear and aligned on our goals as a couple. So a little bonus, huh. you know, personal advice. 
for anyone who wants to try that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Business and therapy. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. I love it. So I want to say thank you to Jeff and Julie who are now um, in the audience. All right. Um, Awesome. So yeah, I think that traction, the whole idea of getting everyone aligned with what their strengths are is like, it's so smart on lens. And I, I, um, it's something that if I have the opportunity, I would definitely um, check that out to see if I could implement it. Um, somewhere I may work in this, some who knows when. <laughs> wow. We're all that was terrible. It out. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. All right. Jen, what's you want to ask her the question? Yeah. So here we're all about turning negatives into positives. And you may have heard that me ask this question already. Um, but sometimes learning is hard. So what's a and I know that we've all experienced this. So what is a business challenge that you've you've experienced over, you know, whenever? And how anytime. have you come over anytime? And how have and, you overcome that? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the big elephant in the room is it's not necessarily, I guess, maybe a business challenge as much as a career challenge, yeah. but that is what I am, you know, I guess I would say in the process of overcoming right now. I mean, it's just to be totally honest, it's kind of an ego check <laughs> to be yeah. really honest, you know, to go from being the president of an agency to, you know, be- being essentially, you know, asked to not be a part of <laughs> that transition. It's hard. It you know, hurts. It, it like it's kind of like divorce, honestly. Yeah. Like it feels um, so much of my identity, so much of what I was known for in my community was all wrapped up in my previous role. And so making this transition and, you know, not necessarily being in charge of everything anymore, it is hard in many, many ways, but I am also trying to be Zen with the idea that not everything, you know, it's not all my circus, not all my monkeys. Like I have a defined role and I can, you know, start over this next chapter of my career and my life with maybe a little bit better boundaries and a little more work-life balance. And I'm just, like I said, I'm trying to embrace that and recognizing daily that I'm a flawed human and I get caught up in things that don't matter. Uh, sometimes. And most of my problems can kind of be traced back to that. So that's a hard challenge. I've, I, you know, I faced the exact same thing before mine was years ago. So years ago now, so I can tell you, I'm sure you already know it gets way better. <laughs> it really does get better. It's a growing thing. Yeah. I am growing. What I love is for sure. she, she was about to get a really big award for like CEO of the year for her like business community. And they still gave it to her and we're like, heck yeah. <laughs> and her big birthday party that's coming up is basically her friends spoofing, like they're going to roast her for all the amazing awards that she's gotten and all the accolades and everything, which I just think is hilarious. <laughs> so um, oh, you're still story. a badass. Thank you. Yeah, perfect. All right. Well, thank you. Um, and again, her episode was... 112. So you're gonna have to go back a little ways for that. But if you're interested in hearing about traction, what's the acronym? EOS? EOS. So EOS Worldwide is the website where you can kind of check out all the resources you can download for free, like Vision Traction Organizer, some of the meeting agendas, and just kind of start to get a feel for what it's all about. It just creates a lot of um, structure for organizations. And I just obviously highly recommend it. Go listen to the episode. (laughs) All right. Yes, exactly. That's part of the reason we do this. Try to get people to go back, especially if you're new to the show. All right. We're going to bring you back, Dave. But we have to talk about 
your topic because as you said, we could go four days or something and everything will be different. Um, we talked about chat GPT and oh I actually learned about this. Have you heard of Magi? It's M-A-J-A-I. It pulls in chat GPT. It pulls in Claude, which I didn't even know was a thing until last week and mid journey and basically lets you do like all of the chat, all of the GPT things all within one platform. And it, I used it last night and it worked better for me than anything I ever tried to do with chat GPT alone. And that's part of the reason why I went. And it's only $9 a month for the personal yeah. account. So um, I had just done gone to chat GPT Pro for $20. And then I <laughs> learned about it. I was like, what? first of all, what's Claude? Who's Claude? Who is this Claude character? So yeah, so we talked about it was beginning days. You and I were like basically studying for a test because as we had decided to do it, and then that week, Microsoft and Google both came out with their Bard and whatever the other one is yeah. that week. So yeah. What, yeah, have inside you learned, yeah, what have you learned about, about ChatGPT that just like, actually, briefly, tell everybody about yourself. Oh, geez. Oh, God. Well, you and I used to work together. You talked about that in our episode. And uh, again, today, you never fail to make me feel sad for what I had to do, Megan Powers. And you do it in front of your niece. So, you know, thank you so much. It wasn't your fault in it. Everything for a reason. I firmly believe that. Yeah. And, you know, it is one of those rare examples where we remained close and friends and supported each other. Lo, these uh, far too many years later. That doesn't often happen. So thank you for that. Thank you for your generosity of your spirit and allowing me to to separate me from somebody else's decision back in the day. But yeah, you know, so I do marketing. I've been in tech marketing, mostly retail and supply chain since you're a child and uh, started coming to work for us way back in the day. And I do tend to focus my energy on trying to help primarily retailers, mostly retailers, kind of figure out the intersection between technology and the consumer. Right. And, you know, how I try to help them translate. I've been doing this long enough with a real focus on it that sometimes uh, practitioners don't get the same opportunity as people in the tech field to really to, to really pay attention to all the new stuff. Right. And you happen to see I, if memory serves a LinkedIn post or a blog post or something that I wrote about chat GBT where I was really speculating like, OK, I think the first chance for retailers in particular to take advantage of this looks like whatever it was at the time. But Megan, my God, yeah. all that's out the window. Just light it on fire. You know, everything's right. changed <laughs> in the last. And it's yeah. only been, what, 60 days, three months, maybe? Uh, I don't know. It hasn't been that long. It was maybe. February 21st. Is it that long? So, February? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. It's a lifetime. So I think yeah. what, what if anybody hasn't realized it yet, what everyone needs to just get on board. Because if you don't get on board with AI, you're you're so going to get left behind. I mean, it's not even it's not even a question. And you know, you get the whole oh, it's going to replace jobs. You still need human yeah. touch. You still need humans to make it work right. And and it's in my opinion, it's just going to make us more efficient. It's not going to yeah, take as, my job as, away. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, most technology yeah. does that. We change around the technology. Tech, you know, people still have jobs. Right. You right. know, yes, technology, we, you know, if I, I'll use retail because we all shop, right? A hundred yeah. years ago when NCR introduced the cash register, people thought, oh my God, we don't need salespeople anymore. 
right? And yet now right. salespeople are some of the highest paid people in retail. Right. The, the good ones, right? That work at the high end yeah. retail establishments. So yeah, we have to adapt. We have to change. But I couldn't agree more, Megan. It, it's not something to stick our head in the sand about and right. just wait for it to shake out. It, it's time to pay attention. doesn't mean you have to become an expert. I'm certainly not. Totally. Right. right. Well, anyone who says they're an expert is a liar because yeah, right. it, it's right. all changing so fast. It's the same thing like when threads came out and like instantly people are like trying to give you a how, you know, a how to yeah. session on, on yeah. threads. It's like, come on. Yeah. No, but I think yeah. we, your space, Dave, is so cool because you, I mean, you genuinely like back in the stone ages when we worked together, it was like, you know, retail software was relatively new ish right to to retail and how oh gosh how many changes over the years i remember you telling me you're gonna be able to scan this thing on a shelf and like and you're on your phone you're just gonna get to learn about a product and at the time you told me about that i was like no way i just it blew my mind right and now you're there with qr codes and spent the last three years like that's how you read a menu now it's like it's just so well yeah yeah, I mean, right. It, it it moves fast. But what is what what I think is when I show up at conversation to conversations like this, one of the nice things about being able to talk about retail is everybody's a shopper. Everybody's right. a consumer. So even though we might be talking about bits and bytes and things that people don't necessarily know what the underlying bits and bytes do, they understand what it means to them and how it changes their right. shopping experience. So it makes me a very fascinating cocktail guest. That's right. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Well, I do websites and people will light right up. You know, I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming back. And I, I think Jen has a hairy question for you. I do. Bring it. All right, Dave. <laughs> All right, let's talk business challenges. What is a business challenge that you have come across in your career? And how did you overcome that? I love that question. I do love that question. I heard you ask it of a couple other people while I was waiting backstage. And I, you know, I tell you, Megan, you will relate to this so much. So back in those stone ages, and I, I can't imagine, I hate, I sound like the old man telling stories about them. That, and I suppose that is exactly what I am. But so when I first started in technology marketing, I started, they recruited me out of retail and I was sort of a beta test to stick with the technology uh, analogies. So there was a, a building full of technology experts, computer science degrees, PhDs, you know, all the things around data science. And then there's this guy who's supposed to head up this new product on this new technology that never wrote a line of code that mattered in his life. And I was struggling to earn the, I'm not sure respect is the right word. People were nice and I think respected me, but the intellectual credibility, right? Like, yeah, this guy was schlepping rags on a rack at Marshall's last week. And now he's telling me about the development life cycle for this new product. And Megan, someone who ended up becoming one of my very best friends and someone I think you were close to as well, Rich Harmatuck, he came to me one day. I went to him, Jan, I just went to him like, Rich, I don't know what I'm going to do. These people don't trust me. 
They just don't trust this retailer telling them what to do with their technology products. And he gave me these four words that I've never forgotten. And even in our COVID isolation world, I I took the virtual equivalent of manage by walking around. Those four words. He said, you just got to talk to people. You can't sit in your office. You can't sit in your ivory tower. You walk around. You don't, you know, this was in 1993. So email was barely alive, uh, you know, let alone chat and slack and you know we went all that time without you actually calling out how many years it had been and there you go (laughs) (laughs) well you were you came much later i wasn't there yet but (laughs) but anyway that was so jen to answer your question that's and it worked you know it was like get to know people at a human level sit down side by side and say hey what are you working on can you teach me you know not teach me how to code in cobol or you know uh, whatever but teach me what you're working on so I can better understand how to coach us, work us through this together. And it's the best advice I ever had. And I never stopped doing it. Even Like I said, even during a complete isolation and lockdown, I still connected with people over Zoom, chat, yada, yada, Slack, you know, all that. So I think that's my answer. I love that answer. I can definitely relate to that. Get up and get go talk to somebody, have a conversation with them or, you know, collaboration makes a huge difference, especially if you're stuck on something. Um, sometimes it helps just get up, go around, go talk to the people around the office, go talk to the person yeah. who can probably answer your question the best. But also, I think in terms of leadership, it's the thing that gets missed the most. And actually For just sure. read an article last night or post on LinkedIn about how the the head of Microsoft, he'll like call up a brand new employee and, and be like, hey, can we sit, will you sit down with me? And I'd be like, what do you want to know? Like, how, what do you want to do here? What do you want to accomplish? And like really boots on the ground is what made him such, such a successful leader because he he listens more than he talks and, and makes decisions based on what the people want. So yeah, I don't I think it's age old advice. I don't I don't think it's dated, you know. Whatever year I may have mentioned inadvertently. It's <laughs> right. I think it's but still, still leaders very relevant. There are so today. many leaders that don't that don't go that don't do that. So that's a that's a, a like a golden piece of advice. So thank you for sharing that, Dave. All right, friends, we have come to the end. I'm so sad, but we're gonna close out the part two of our season seven kickoff. Thank you both for being here. I um, really appreciate you both. We're gonna, I'm going to say goodbye and send you backstage and Jen and I are going to close out the show. So thanks again. Thanks, thanks for having us. us. Okay. Thanks. Bye all. All right. So episode 133 and next up is Phil Mershon. Oh, yeah. Another a Wichita, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wichita. Uh-huh. Wichita. Tomato, tomato, I guess. Right. <laughs> he has a, a book coming out and it's kind of what sparked me asking him to be on the show, but I can't believe we've gone six years and not had him be on the show because we both have known him all this time. Right. <laughs> so he is an event professional, um, which is obviously that's my jam. Yeah. So we're going to talk to him about creating unforgettable experiences. And so I'm really, yeah. Yes, the reason you and I are friends. Yes, that's true. He is. Yes, I met him. Friends. Yeah, I met him at a an events conference, SEMA summit and told him I was I attended his show. And so he asked, would I be willing to give him some feedback? And of course I would. And then, yeah. And then, um, and then I became a volunteer and he put me on your team to community moderate. So excellent. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, 
again, as always, for doing this with me. Always. Oh my gosh. This is such a highlight of my life. I love it, Megan. It's great. Awesome. All right. And thank you everyone for watching live, for watching on the replay, for being our guests. And for those of you listening on the podcast, of course, if you enjoy this show, we would appreciate if you would share it with someone who you think might benefit from the wisdom and and maybe from the laughs too, because I think we provide some comic relief from time to time. I hope so. Um, Yes. This has been episode 133 of the Making a Marketer podcast, and we will catch you next time.